0: This is Dr. Chad Edwards, and you are listening to podcast number 61 of Against the Grain. What guy doesn't want to maximize their testosterone? Through using all natural and organic ingredients, men now have an option for a locally made paraben and sulfate-free shampoo, conditioner, and face wash. Not only does Dude's Manly product smell great, which drives ladies crazy, by the way. In a good way, they put a unique spin on their shampoo with it actually having a dark gray color because of the coconut shell charcoal that is used to remove the toxins. Dude could be purchased at the Tulsa Men's Shop and also online at www.dudemanlystuff.com. That's D-O-O-D, manlystuff.com.
1: Welcome to Against the Grain Podcast with Dr. Chad Edwards, where he challenges the status quo when it comes to medicine. We get into hot topics in the medical field with real stories from real patients to help you on your way to a healthy lifestyle. Get ready because we're about to go, 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 go against the grain. Hello. Hello. This is the super tall Marshall Morris. And today I'm joined by Dr. Chad Edwards, who believes that 80% of medical recommendations are crap. Technically speaking here, Uh, Dr. Edwards is a board certified family physician. He served in the U S military, and he is the author of revolutionize your health with customized supplements. And of course, not to forget, he is the founder of revolution health clinic. Dr. Edwards. Welcome.
0: Thank you so much. Again, always, it's like you hear the, you say these things and I'm like, man, who is he talking about? Hey, who is, we who have a special guest today? Yeah. It's
1: crazy. <laughs> Dr. Edwards. Um, <laughs> we, uh, meet every single week and we talk about some of these hot topics in the medical field. Um, what are we getting into today and, uh, why is it a hot topic?
0: I'll tell you, it's a hot topic because it's one that there's, there's a lot of, uh, Uh, The short story is we're talking about celiac disease. Okay. So celiac disease by the, you know, the traditional medical community is recognized as an entity affecting about one in a hundred people in the United States. Uh, The reason that it's a hot topic is there's a lot of people that think they have some kind of problem with gluten and gluten sensitivity and all those kinds of things that don't actually have celiac disease. And I, I should say, we're not talking about celiac disease, although we are. Uh, we're talking about the bigger picture of celiac sensitivity or uh, of gluten sensitivity. Mm. So, and there's just a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, not turmoil. That's not the word. There's, there's just a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff out there about celiac gluten sensitivity and all those kinds of things. And when I first started looking into nutritional medicine and how our body adapts to the food that we eat and, you know, how the food that we eat affects our health. Uh, gluten was one of the very first things. You know, I I uh, I was a, a big follower of Rob Wolf and his uh, his Paleo Solution podcast, which is fantastic. Uh, I, I mean, I, I soaked up all I could, which, by the way, here in a couple of weeks, I get to be a guest on there uh, go. the Rob Wolf's podcast. Okay, So excited about that. Um, anyway, he's just, I mean, he really has a good grasp on that nutritional medicine. So, Obviously, you know, kind of following along that line, there's a lot of impact with wheat and, you know, Dr. William Davis is an interventional cardiologist, wrote the book, Wheat Belly, read his book, and there's a lot of influence with wheat on, you know, our gut, on our overall health, uh, on our brain function. Dr. Perlmutter talks about it in the book, Grain Brain. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's a big topic, but it's so much more than celiac disease.
1: So immediately... For all the new listeners, they think that this is the against the grain podcast. Yeah. And it has no relationship to this particular episode. Or maybe it
0: does. Maybe it does. Ooh. <laughs>
1: so, 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 uh, Celiac um being uh related to uh gluten sensitivity. Right. What what is celiac or maybe we're going to get into that.
0: Yeah, so I think that's a great place to start. What is celiac and then of course let's we'll get into how is it different from gluten sensitivity and you know what's the deal with this. So celiac disease is an autoimmune condition. And autoimmune conditions mean, you know, we have an immune system and our immune system is supposed to fight foreign things. So, you know, kind of like with I remember growing up, my dad would talk about the the Vietnam War and how many of the soldiers in Vietnam would, you know, we didn't know who were the good guys, who was the bad guys. And it was very difficult, you know, because the the Viet Cong, they were, you know, uh, invasive guerrilla warfare kind of things, and they would invade the local population. You didn't know who was who. Uh, very similar things in Iraq, Afghanistan, you don't know who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, they don't wear uniforms. So how do you just differentiate one versus the other? Well, our immune system has the same kind of problem. We get I mean, it sees a lot of chemicals. There's a lot of stuff that it's exposed to. And how does it know to fight against this or to fight against that? And so an autoimmune condition is when you have a mix up between the body itself and what it should recognize as self and not mount an immune response against versus a foreign invader and so you know things like bacteria and viruses and all the those kinds of things our immune system is required to fight those things and you know growing up i heard about the the boy in a bubble and you know i think there's movies about it and you know all that kind of good stuff which you know they have um, a condition known as skids or severe uh, combined immune deficiency disorder and they, they can't mount an immune response, so they have to live in a sterile environment. They can't fight it. With an autoimmune disease, you are mixing up the, the, the body, the self, versus the foreign invaders. And so you will mount an immune response against something that your body has. We see this in Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So it's a thyroid condition uh, where you have antibodies attacking your thyroid gland. It's the most common cause of hypothyroidism. We've got multiple podcasts where we talk about thyroid. A lot of thyroid patients in the clinic. Autoimmune condition. Uh, you have things like uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Your body develops antibodies against things in your body. Uh, we've talked before about flu vaccine and the possibility of Guillain-Barré. That's where your body cross, you know, gets gets its wires crossed and it develops antibodies against itself. And you have this ascending paralysis that's associated with Guillain-Barré. With celiac disease, you are developing antibodies uh, against gluten, and it's the immune response that ultimately destroys the lining of the small intestine. So when you think about the small intestine, I don't remember the surface area, probably should have looked it up before this podcast, but it's, it's this huge surface area that's supposed to um, absorb all of our nutrients. And in order to increase, you know, it's just this tube that's know, maybe 30 meters long. I don't remember exactly how Wait, long Wait, did
1: it is. you just say 30 meters? Yeah. 30 meters inside people.
0: I, Maybe a little bit long, but still, well, I mean, it's maybe
1: it's 30 feet. Anyway, okay. it, it's this long tube. Um, Anything more than six meters is worrisome for me. Because <laughs> that's how tall you are, right? Yeah. Six <laughs>
0: meters. That's right. So um, anyway, you have the small intestine is this is it long tube. Yeah. And it has a high surface area. The way it increases its surface area is through these little folds, uh-huh. uh, you know, all over called the villi. And then you have microvilli, which are folds on the folds. Uh, So it
1: creates more surface area. That's
0: correct. Okay. So, you know, now instead of like having a plain uh, plain sheet of paper, if you were to fold it up into kind of a wavy kind of thing, uh, then you can get more surface area in a smaller uh, area. So that's what the small intestine does. And it's so that we can get nutrients across and get fluids across and, you know, all those kinds of things. And there's also, you know, there's definitely a lot of bacteria in there and the, that the, you know, those probiotics that we hear about, and they're essential for optimal gut health and gut function. So these villi increase the surface area so that we can absorb. With celiac disease, you have an autoimmune destruction. So with the, your immune system comes out fighting the presence of gluten and the immune response ends up, it's, it's not really a scar, but it ends up eliminating these villi and microvilli, where instead of having all these folds all over the place, you have this kind of flat surface and it is a marked decrease in the surface area of the small intestine. And it results in a true malabsorption syndrome. In fact, we used to diagnose celiac disease based on what we called failure to thrive. Uh, that, that wasn't the criteria, but this is one of them. Uh, so you'll get kids that are just not growing. They're, they look emaciated, they're thin and look like they're wasting away it's a true malabsorption syndrome. It's like starvation in a sea of plenty. And you're like, why not? They're not absorbing. They can't absorb anything. You know, they're, they, they can't get their fats and uh, vitamins and minerals and nutrients and uh, proteins and all those things. So they have difficulty with all of that. Plus there's a lot of inflammation it's that it's awful, awful condition. And it can be fatal. uh, But you know, most of the time we, we catch it in plenty of time and we, and we manage that simply by gluten elimination. So this is, you know, kind of what is in the forefront of Western medicine, and this autoimmune condition. Well, how do you diagnose celiac disease? And you we, feed them bread. You know, actually, that that's it, it's interesting because that's a lot of what we do um, in, in traditional medicine. That's that's what we that's what I did if I wanted to know if someone has a gluten antibody response. So there's there's a difference between having antibodies against gluten and having celiac disease. Celiac disease is the autoimmune destruction of the small intestine, the, yeah. those, those, those microvilli. You can have antibodies against gluten and not have celiac. So really it's a, it's a biopsy diagnosis. They put you to sleep, go in, get a sample of your small intestine, you through your, through your uh, mouth, not yeah. like surgery. And then they'll go in and take a bite of that. And if it doesn't have the microvilli and you have the, the antibodies against gluten, then you know, there you go. You put them on a gluten-free diet and they like all of a sudden take off and they thrive and they're doing great and all that kind of stuff. So that, that is celiac disease, but there is a spectrum. There's a much bigger uh, world out there. Celiac is really just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the association with gluten and multiple medical problems. And really this can be applied to many other things in a functional medicine realm. We look for a lot of this, uh, you know, I did not look for it in traditional medicine. And many of these are so nuanced that they're difficult to identify. And many of them don't show up, you know, at the time. So, in other words, if uh, there's, a, there's a delayed response, if you were to come up and, you know, if, if, if you punched uh, everybody in the face that came up and pushed you in the nose uh, and, you put, and you punched them immediately, it would quickly we would learn don't punch, you know, push Marshall's nose you yeah. get punched in the face. That's right. Uh, so if, I mean, I wouldn't be able to reach it yeah. unless I stood on a chair, but, uh, at, at six meters tall, but anyway, um, so, but if we pushed you in the nose and two days later you came up and punched us in the face, we would have, I mean, it would take forever to figure that out because it's a delayed response for many people when they have food sensitivities, the manifestations of that may not be immediate. You don't eat it And then two hours later, you start having gastrointestinal distress and diarrhea and you start feeling awful and low, you know, low energy and fatigue and all these things uh, and any other host of potential problems that you can have. It's often delayed. It might be two, three, four days later. The only way to identify in that way is to really get a food log and get very detailed and then slowly, completely eliminate certain kinds of foods for, you know, several days uh, and, and see how you feel. My traditional approach to patients that come into the clinic, I almost always recommend a, just a baseline paleo diet. And it's not that I'm, I'm certainly not religious about the term paleo and it needs to be paleo approved because I mean, you can get ridiculous and overthink this stuff. And well, the caveman didn't eat this. So should I eat, you know, is it okay? And uh, don't overthink it. Just basically meats, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, some fruits, no, no grains, no legumes, no dairy. That's my general nutritional approach initially. That's not my long-term plan. That's the initial approach Uh, because it gets rid of a lot of the irritants. Now, obviously with grains, we've got wheat and wheat is kind of what we're talking about with, with the, uh, the celiac issues. Um, So let's go ahead and take a quick break. And then we come back, we'll talk about some of the other issues with celiac and, and gluten. Issues. Yeah. Okay. And then why I think this is an issue because, uh, I'll do one little story real quick. I, when I first started talking with a friend of mine, a strong Christian man, when I first started talking with him, this was several years ago about gluten, his response to me was, you know, they, they ate bread in the Bible. They, you know, I, I just can't buy that. I, I don't buy it that it's, that it's wheat. And I was telling him, I, I completely understand, uh, you know, what you're saying. But the reality is, many patients have issues with this. You cut out gluten, you cut out wheat, and many of them—not all of them, by any stretch—do much, much, much better. So some of them need to do this, even though they don't have celiac. I can't tell you exactly why. Why was it permissible in the Bible, not now? I—I I don't know. But the reality is, many patients do better. So, uh, you know, I—I I don't know that it. I, I for a long time I was thinking, is this wheat? I mean i i don't know maybe it is and you know some people would say it's the protective husk of the wheat that you know it's, humans aren't meant to digest that and all that kind of good stuff but you know uh you know uh, even 50 years ago really celiac just wasn't really an issue uh 200 years ago i'm not sure we even they had even identified anything like that so uh you know had maybe we just didn't weren't able to catch it. We were probably still you know sticking leeches on people trying to fix <laughs> you know malabsorption or something. Um, but uh, I, th- I think there's some really interesting stuff and in in uh, in the next podcast, we're going to talk about uh, some of this, and I'll, I'll allude a little bit more to it after the break. So anyway,
1: we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back.
0: Are you tired and fatigued? Are you frustrated with doctors because they just don't seem to listen? Do you want to fix your pain without surgery? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then we are the clinic for you. We offer prolotherapy, PRP or platelet-rich plasma therapy, and stem cell injections, IV nutritional therapies, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, and functional medicine to get you back on track to optimal health. Call our clinic at 918-935-3636 or visit our website at www.revolutionhealth.org to schedule your appointment today.
1: Okay. We are back uh, with Dr. Chad Edwards, and I want to get right into it. We, we're talking about gluten sensitivity and celiac. And uh, in the first half, we were talking uh, quite a bit about celiac and how uh, how it all really works and ha- how somebody might develop celiac or um, as an auto uh, autoimmune disease, um, how it manifests itself. But you said it's a much bigger topic. Yeah. There's a lot more contained in it. So yep. So let's get into that a little bit. Yeah.
0: So, it it starts to separate uh, from celiac, you know, at the tip of the iceberg to this underlying issue with, uh, with wheat and gluten and the wheat itself, there's a a large insulinogenic response. It develops, you know, an insulin like response um, with, with, you know, just because of the ingestion of wheat, it actually has a, when you look at bread, uh, white wheat bread actually has a higher glycemic index, meaning that it raises your blood sugar more faster than table sugar. So if you were to eat a scoop of sugar and stick it in your mouth, equal amounts of, of carbs and sugar and, and in the bread, you know, assuming there were equal amounts, your blood sugar would go up more faster with wheat bread than it would with table sugar.
1: That's incredible.
0: It, it, it's amazing how it works. And you know, most people, you know, they don't know that, but so if you've got sugar problems, you know, diabetes, I got the sugar. I, got I mean, the sugar. if you got anything like that, then, you know, I, I do recommend really being careful on, on wheat ingestion, but it goes much bigger than, uh, than that. Even there's, so you've got some issues with the wheat itself, but the autoimmune response, a lot of people, and we, we routinely test many of our patients for, uh, these antibodies or there there's a bunch of antibodies that you can check my routine blood panel. I'll often check, uh, the, uh, Anti-gluten antibodies. And there's I, I check an anti-gliden and a tissue transglutaminase, uh, and there's a whole host of other antibodies that we can check. Uh, but those are the ones I would I would often check. But there's a there's a test done by Cyrex called an, an array three, uh, where we can do a full anti-wheat gluten um, antibody profile gives us a lot of really good information. Dr. Perlmutter is a huge fan of that panel. I've seen some good results with that. There's a, there's a charge for it. We do this in our, in our clinic and I've seen some, some really interesting stuff come back. Uh, so you can develop antibodies against gluten and not, or against one of the components and not have celiac. I,
1: just, I feel like a lot of people, you know, because, because celiac is kind of one of those buzz, buzzword diseases now you know because gluten kind of came came up
0: it's a fad disease
1: it's a a, is that what you would call it now A fad disease yeah is in that i feel like a lot of um people that i know they've cut gluten out of their diet right um and what they say is it makes them feel a lot better and that's and i believe them yeah sure I, i believe them sure but that doesn't mean you have celiac. No, that's
0: exactly right. They're going right. around
1: telling people that they have celiac.
0: That's exactly right. Now, again, I because of the multiple issues and, you know, carbs are such an issue uh, because of all the things that wheat can do, uh, I think that most people would be better off by eliminating it. Mm. It's not my, my ultimate goal for my patients is not that they eliminate, that they're pure paleo um, and they completely eliminate bread. My goal is that I had one patient that, He knew that if he ate a slice of pizza, that he would be in the bathroom if, uh, or, you know, he might have a little bit of gas or something, but if he ate two slices, he'd be in the bathroom and sick. So, you know, assuming regular crust, the idea was that, I mean, he avoided it most of the time, but if, you know, if he wanted, he could have a piece of pizza and he knew the outcome. Okay. I know that's the outcome. I know I'm going to pay for it. I know how I'm going to pay. I choose to do it or not. Okay, cool. But at least we have the answer. We know how it's going to react. You know, if he had two pieces, he was getting sick. And he knew that. Now you can make good choices. And now you can focus on health and stuff. Uh, health and stuff. And stuff. We we should, like, have a website, health and stuff. Health and stuff. That sounds interesting. Uh, and every time I say health and stuff, you have to echo it. Health <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um so there are a lot of issues that can come up you can have certainly antibodies against gluten and not have celiac but you can also have a sensitivity to gluten and not have antibodies and gluten is found in so many things it's in teriyaki sauce and soy sauce and you know so if you go and you you get like chicken and rice you know at like a chinese place and you're thinking okay it's not breaded it's like stir fried or whatever and then they put some like soy on top of it and you're like now you have gluten unless you get gluten-free, mm-hmm. uh, soy sauce. So it, it's just in a lot of stuff. I remember my, my ex-wife had some issues with gluten and she went, she like was hungry, got some, um, some beef jerky and she was like, she came home and she was like, I am, I am itching. I'm like having issues and I, I don't know why she's like, I, I feel like I got in gluten somewhere. And, uh, she was like, all I had was this beef jerky and I grabbed the bag and I was like, um, it's got soy sauce in it. And so she got exposed to it and she knew yeah, and she could tell. So there are a lot of issues that can come about because of the ingestion of this stuff. And again, not everybody has it. I'm not telling everyone to go eliminate wheat or gluten. I think it's a very interesting experiment for most people to do because you may be shocked, at the impact that it can have on how you look, feel and perform. So I do recommend try, try cutting it out for 30 to 60 days.
1: Now I want to just kind of, uh, as we're wrapping up here, kick a sacred crap, sacred cow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, do I understand correctly that that wheat contains uh, a higher glycemic index, um, in that and more gluten than a white bread might, do I understand? Is that fact? Do you know? Is Or is that kind of like gray area? As or? far
0: as the gluten, I don't know. It probably okay. depends on, okay. you know, who made it. Because sometimes they'll actually add gluten okay. uh, because it... it it, uh, it changes the property, you know, that doughy gooey kind of, you know, that texture that's, that's gluten. That's what does that.
1: So the reason why I ask is because, um, I don't know if it still is or people still maintain this, but you're always encouraged to go to get the wheat bread and not the wonder bread, the wonder Bread white bread, right? Because it was supposed to be better for you.
0: Yeah. And the, the raw, well not raw, the, the whole wheat is going to have more fiber in it. Mm -hmm. And we've been told for a long time, you know, you got to have the fiber and all those things. And there are some B vitamins and things like that. The, the wheat portion is less processed. You're removing less nutrients from it. So it's, you know, the white bread is, is more processed, um, but it actually has a lower glycemic index. It's just, it's interesting. We do a lot of things that we think we're being healthier and not necessarily, um, now the, you know, before we shut down and I want to, I want to give a plug for the next podcast that we're going to do, because for years I thought this was gluten and I thought it was either the GMO or the hybridization of wheat. Now there is not uh, GMO, which genetically modified, uh, organism. There's not, uh, G, or, or genetically engineered a GE. Uh, it, it's, there's not genetically modified wheat on the market. It's hybridized, meaning they'll take two different kinds of wheat you know, and George, uh, uh, Gregory Mendel, you know, the old genetics guy, uh, you know, back in the, I think 1800s, um, he, he would cross peas and see how it, they came out different. So it's kind of like, you know, um, a Labradoodle. Oh yeah. yeah. That's a hybridized dog sort of. Um, so you're, but you're taking different species and you're, and you're combining them and you're seeing what the outcome is. And, um, so you'll, you, and you might do that for a specific effect. Uh, and there's all different kinds of uh, of things like that. And well, we can have a podcast sometime on genetically modified and hybridized, but the wheat is hybridized, not genetically modified. Uh, so I don't know if that's a really important distinction, but maybe a little bit. Um, but I used to think that it was the wheat and maybe it is. There, there may be a, certainly a component of that and some people may be, may be affected by it. Um, and so for a long time, I recommended that people get um, organic heirloom wheat. The heirloom means old school, uh, you know, the dwarf kind of wheat, the, it's not as, uh, or the dwarf wheat is the newer stuff. Sorry. They get the tall ones. Cause they, you know, the, the big bundles that you used to see, not, I didn't used to see them, but like pilgrim days, that kind of stuff, um, uh, to get that stuff. And there's a, still a good reason um, there, to do that. But I think the reason may be different. I'm not sure that the gluten molecule is the primary issue. Uh, now we certainly get antibodies against gluten. I'm not sure that's the primary issue. There was gluten in wheat back, you know, in, in the Bible and, uh, they certainly ate it and there's no discussion of gluten, uh, in, in the Bible. Not that that means that it didn't exist, but, um, you know, according to my buddy, that was, that was a big deal in his thought. So uh, there's a bigger issue for this. And I think it's far more interesting and, uh, it certainly makes a lot more sense. And so that's what we're going to talk about in the next podcast. So definitely tune in and listen to that podcast. Cause I think it's, I think it's really interesting.
1: Dr. Edwards, thank you so much for joining us today, talking about celiac and gluten sensitivity. We're going to get into it in the next podcast. I appreciate you joining us today.
0: Thanks. We'll see you next time.
1: Thanks for listening to this week's podcast with Dr. Chad Edwards. Tune in next week where we'll be going against the grain.